If you have a Bible with you this morning, you can open up to the book of John, chapter number one. Book of John, chapter number one. Um, when it comes to the Christmas season, uh, there are a lot of traditions, right? Um, we have a lot of different things that happen each and every year. Uh, maybe you have family traditions that are unique to your family. Maybe it's a type of food. Maybe it's um, just something, a project that you do together, gingerbread houses, baking cookies, whatever it may be. We have a number of different traditions that we practice and that we follow up on throughout the holiday season. One of my favorite um, non-spiritual traditions um, are the lights of Christmas. How many of you enjoy Christmas lights? All right, like six of us. All right, good. Hey, good. All right. Not an unpopular opinion, all right? We're in good company here. For me, um, once we hit daylight savings time in the fall, it's dark at like 3 p.m., and so it's nice to have some lights. It's nice to be able to go outside and to see something that's twinkling, sparkling, um, bring some joy to our hearts. Um, when you're driving through town and you see these houses and that houses, and we have young kids, and so I like pointing out to my kids, uh, like, hey, there's Christmas lights. Hey, there are Christmas lights. And they enjoy seeing them. They get excited about the Christmas lights as we drive by. And so we like Christmas lights. One of um, the most beautiful pictures that we have of Jesus Christ throughout the Bible is the phrase that you see up on the screen right now, the light of the world, the light of the world. But what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? Well, John gives us a great explanation in the beginning of his book. Now, when we, as we go into this, as we read the book of John, the book of John is one of those books in the New Testament that's called one of the Gospels of Jesus Christ, meaning the good news. And so the book of John is, in many ways, it's like a biography of Jesus. And in fact, throughout the Bible, we have four such books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first four books of what we call the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, are made up of these Gospels. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all write in a very similar way. Some, they say, contain some different stories and some stories that aren't found in the other two, and they're a little bit different, but they have a lot of things in common. John's kind of the odd one out. Um, anyone have like that cousin who's just a little bit different, right? You see them at Christmas. Maybe that's your tradition. Um, they're just a little bit, a little bit special, right? Well, John is kind of like that in his writing. John is unique. John doesn't look like, sound like, speak like the other three authors. Um, but what he gives us is he gives us a great glimpse into what God is doing through Jesus Christ. Traditionally, when we think of the Christmas story, what do we think of? What do we think of maybe when we say the true meaning of Christmas or something like that? We would say, right, the birth of Jesus. Well, that's found in the book of Matthew and then in the book of Luke. John actually doesn't record the book of or the, the birth of Jesus. So you say, Nate, why are we talking about John chapter one then and Christmas? How does that come together? Well, if you were to explain to um, your kids or explain to your grandchildren or a neighbor of yours what Christmas is, many of us would go to those accounts of Matthew and Luke. And we would look at how Jesus was born. We would look at the shepherds who came and worshiped. We would look at the wise men or the star or the angels singing. And those things are all found in Matthew and in Luke. And those are wonderful stories and tell a lot of great truth about what God was doing. In John chapter 1, John doesn't give us as much about the why, or the what of Christmas. He does give us, I'm getting ahead of myself, the why of Christmas. Why did all of these things happen? Why did the story that you and I know so well take place in the first place? 
Well, John chapter 1 gives us an answer. And so let's go ahead and let's look here at what's taking place. John chapter 1, John writes, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so here, John's not introducing the story by saying what happened, but he's saying why did it happen. And what we find is John uses this phrase, the Word, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He continues in verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we see these words written, and then that kind of begs the question, okay, who is the word? What is the word? The word was made flesh. And if you just read this, and you never read the Bible before. It's maybe some of you in here, that's your story. Uh, the word, what is this even talking about? The word was made flesh. The word, or the word was in the beginning. What is all this even talking about? Well, look down at verse number 14, because John explains what he's talking about here at the end of this portion. Verse 14, he says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And so as John is writing, he is speaking very clearly of Jesus, the word that was made flesh. And he wants the reader to understand all of these things, a lot of things to be true about Jesus in his introduction to his book. Uh, he says from the very beginning, he says, in the beginning was the word. Um, can I tell you this morning that the Christmas story is not the beginning of Jesus' story? Um, sometimes when we think of the Christmas story, we think, well, Jesus was born, and that's the beginning. Well, that's the beginning of your story and my story, right? If we were to start talking about our stories, um, if you want to go back to the very beginning, you would talk about your birth, right? How you came into being. Well, John writes, and John says, is the beginning was the Word. Was he talking about the birth of Christ? Well, what is he speaking of? He says the word was with God and the word was God. In the verse two, what does he say? He was in the beginning with God. In verse three, all things were made by him. It's important for us to understand that the story of Christmas is not the story of just some baby being born. The story of Christmas is the story of what we call the incarnation. And that's a fancy word that means this. Jesus, the son of God, who always was and always will be, took on flesh. He became like you and like me. But he was from the beginning. Later on, he would say in John chapter number eight, he would speak to the religious leaders and he would say, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Well, Abraham had lived thousands of years before. And Jesus here is saying, I am before Abraham was ever born. Well, that's a big statement to make. That's a big claim to make. But that's the claim that John makes over and over again about Jesus. Christmas is not the beginning of Christ, but it's Christ taking on flesh. You see, this was the same Christ that made everything. You see, this is the same Lord, the same God that created everything. Imagine that, a creator becoming his creation. And yet that's exactly what we celebrate at Christmas. 
And watch what John records here. He says this in verse number four. In him, speaking of the word, which we know to be Jesus, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I think if we were to say that we live in a world that has darkness, we could all testify to that, right? When we speak of darkness, we look around us and we see, uh, if, you, if you don't believe me, just turn on the news for like five minutes, right? I mean, because darkness is just all over. We hear of stories of things that are happening in this world time and time and time again. And the longer we live, the more we see that and the more we feel that, the more that reality becomes known to us. Well, that's not a surprise to God and that's not a surprise to the Bible. The Bible openly confesses that we are in a world that darkness exists in. And the Bible, in fact, has a name for that darkness, calls that darkness sin. You see, sin has had an effect on this entire world that we live in. And if you want some evidence of sin within your own life, you can look at the things that you and I do. We can look around and we can say, I'm a good person, but let me ask you a couple of questions. Have you ever um, told a lie? How many of you have ever told a lie in here? All right. Most of us, and some of you just lied again. <laughs> it's incredible. Right? We live in a world that has darkness. Uh, we live in a world that's consumed by this. We see some evils that just manifest themselves in this world. We turn on the news and we hear even of things that have impacted our own communities. Um, I think of um, the shooting at Oxford High School that just happened just a few weeks ago. You want evidence of evil? It's in our backyard. But that same evil is also inside of us. Because we've lied, we sin, we do wrong, we hold grudges, and we all of these things just manifest themselves in us. And the Bible oftentimes refers to that sin as darkness. Darkness. Now we don't, most of us don't like darkness. How many of you are afraid of the dark? All right. A couple of you that are honest. More liars. Uh, the dark is something like we can't see what's going on in the dark, right? It kind of mystifies us. You know, we might not be outwardly admitting that we're afraid of it, but something, if we hear a noise in the daytime when it's daylight, it doesn't bother us. We hear that same creaking sound when the lights are off, all of a sudden it's a horror movie waiting to happen. Like it makes a difference. The darkness amplifies these things. But at the same time, here's one thing that we have to understand about darkness. Darkness does not drive out light. Darkness does not drive out light. When we turned the lights up uh, in the auditorium here just a few moments ago, it got brighter. The darkness didn't push back and say, no, you don't. No. The light shined because someone told the lights to shine. And so what takes place here in the book of John? He says this, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Well, how did the darkness overcome it? Well, that's where he begins leading to verse 14. The word became flesh. Well, why did the word become flesh? Let's keep reading here. Verse number six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This here speaking of, uh, is speaking of John that we may call the John the Baptist. He's going to be introduced later in this gospel of John. 
Verse 7, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. But he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse number 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So why then the why of Christmas? Why did the word become flesh? Why did Christ become like us? Well, first we see that we might know him, right? But the world didn't know him. And so even as Jesus came into the world, the world didn't reach out its arms and say, yes, the light of the world has come. But what happened instead? The light of the world was rejected. Because we as human beings were so accustomed to the darkness. We liked the darkness. Uh, we wanted the darkness. We said, you know what, light, mm, I'm not sure about that. And Jesus attests this in John chapter number three. He says, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are wicked, their deeds are evil. The things that we do, that sin that we enjoy, it's, it, we don't want that to come into light. But yet the light of the world came. And with him, the light of the world brought life. Now, if the light of the world brings life, what does the darkness bring? What does the darkness manifest? What are the results of the darkness, sin, the evil, the wicked in this world? It's death. And the Bible teaches that consistently. It gives us a choice between life and death, a path to life, a path to death and destruction. And so we see this light of the world that came into the world, and we see that it came so that we could know him. Not only that, but watch. He came into his own, verse number 11. His own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He came into this world that you may know him. He came into this world that you might receive him. Understand that this gift of Jesus is not only an invitation to the people who were like him. The invitation of Jesus doesn't only come to people who are good enough. Because can we be honest with each other here today? I know there are people in the room that you don't know and you don't want to embarrass yourself, but can we be honest together today? We're not good enough. We're not. Even on our good days, what happens? We have bad days. Even on our good days, we snap and we uh, sin and we do wrong and we're selfish and we are. That's how we are. But the fact is, at the same time, through all of this, God sent his son Jesus, the light of the world, into the world. And what did the darkness do? What could the darkness do? Could the darkness overcome it? Could the darkness push back against the light? Could the darkness say, light, you are not welcome here? No. The darkness had no chance to overcome it. And so what took place? Watch. Verse number 12. Let's read this one more time together. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You see, this invitation exists to all who would receive him. To as many as received him, gave you power to be the sons of God. 
And so as we come to this verse, it really kind of begs this question. Oftentimes, the New Testament, the Bible authors, they wrote for the purpose of making us ask questions. And so this question that we have to come to this verse with is what are we going to do with the light of the world, with Jesus Christ? Because he says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. To them gave he power to have life, that light that is shining into us, the life that is shining to us and that's being extended to us. There's something that's left on the table here to be received. And so as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. See, there's a choice that's sitting in front of all of us today. And that choice is, that question is, what are we going to do with Jesus Christ? When we speak of Christmas, we speak of the Son of God being born, coming to earth, being laid in this manger. But I want you to understand that the purpose of God sending his Son was so that we can become his children. God sent his Son that we might become his children. Think about this with me here this morning. The God of the universe has sent the light of the world into the darkness that we live in. And we have a decision to make. What are we going to do with that light? What are we going to do with that invitation to receive it? Are we going to say, you know what? I'm I'm okay on my own. I think I can bring about some kind of light out of my own ability. Well, that's not how it works. Darkness doesn't create light out of darkness. They're not the same. And so when that light came into the world, that light shined in the world. And through that light, you and I can have life. You see, as Jesus was born, he wasn't born just to be born so that we could tell a cute, fuzzy, warm story. But as Jesus was born, he grew up. And as he grew, Jesus never sinned. There was never any darkness in him. Sure, Satan tried to get him to sin. We read about it in Matthew chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we call the temptation of Christ. When the devil comes to him and says, here, take these things instead. But he never gives in to this temptation. Why? Because it was light. And light can't be overcome by darkness. And so he lives this life sinless, perfect, whole. And yet, how does his story end? Well, these gospels all end with what we call the death of Christ. The crucifixion of Jesus. Well, why did he die? If he's the son of God, why did he die? If in him was life, why did he face death? Well, he faced it for you and for me. Because you see, that darkness, that sin that's inside of each of us, we can't get it out on our own. And yet as Jesus came and he died for us, that righteousness, that goodness of him, he offered it in exchange for you and for me. He took your sin, he took my sin, and he buried it with him. And he gave us, he put on us his righteousness, his goodness, that light that lights every man that comes into the world. And so the decision we have this morning is this, what will you do with Jesus Christ? There are those that are in here today and uh, that would, I know, testify. I know you personally. I know you would testify that you've placed your faith in Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. But maybe there are those sitting here today and you say, I, I, I've never done that. 
I've never believed on him. I've never become, I've never received this gift to become a child of God. Well, that's what John records, chapter one, verse number 12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And let me tell you, that invitation is open to you today. Here in just a moment, we're going to have a time of prayer. And we're going to have what we call an invitation, which just means this. We're inviting you to respond to the word of God. And so I'm going to begin us in prayer. Our choir and our musicians are going to continue to make their way up in just a moment. We have a couple more songs, but as we sing this next song here in a minute, what I encourage you to do is consider what God is doing. Consider these things that we've talked about today. Have you received this gift of Jesus? Or have you maybe not heard of it, maybe didn't understand it, maybe rejected it? Can I say today is a wonderful day to make a decision to follow after him? To take that light that has been given, this gift that's been extended, that you can walk out of this place today saying, I am a child of God and I belong to him.